The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Gable Morenci, and I'm on the grid. And we're also on the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio's. The countdown to the National Football League draft is on. We're officially on the clock now, just a couple of hours away. We're going to lock in our best bets for you that we've been breaking down uh, for the last uh, couple of weeks. The name of the show is Game Time Decisions. Uh, but in these crazy times that we're living in right now, it's been draft time decisions with the National Football League draft. Let's do it. The Raging Redhead Cam Stores ready to uh, fire away. He's got a uh, a full pistol full of uh, best bets. Uh, Wild West. Bang, bam, boom, boom. It's an Uzi game. I got a lot of cartridges here. Just, yeah, pumping out the bets. And that's just, hey, those are just some of them. You know when this draft goes on, if we see dominoes fall, and our, you know, you get the hamster on the wheel, we'll be betting in-game during this thing, too, or in-draft, I have a feeling. Uh, Tony Pauline will step up and in ProFootballNetworks.com. Uh, uh, Tony Pauline will get his uh, mock draft playbook. Mark Lawrence returns. Hey, nice. uh, Mark Lawrence, very busy man this time of the year, doing a lot of hits uh, right now. Playbook.com, one of the Bibles uh, for betters uh, out there. And um, Mark's been very accurate uh, over the years. One thing with Mark is he, he watches college football a lot. Um, like Mark watches every team, every you know, every game, every conference. So he's on top of the players, and he's a pretty avid follower of the media too. Playbook have a pretty big team. I think there's about 12, 16 of them over there uh, that are scouring through everything. So I look forward to uh, Mark Lawrence's uh, mock draft as well. Me and Cam, not really a mock draft. We're going to go through the top 10 picks because after 10, sort of gets in the best available player. And quite frankly, we don't have enough time. Um, <laughs> to, 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 uh, all 32, but we will go through like, you know, the entire, we'll go through everything. Yeah. We're going to blast through everything, but we'll just sort of make some predictions, uh, you know, at the top end of this national football league, uh, draft. Uh, so even though the draft is, uh, um, hours away and I don't know what it is, you notice there's, they do this deliberately, bro. Remember like Tom Brady didn't talk forever. Oh, I know. And then right before the Super Bowl, he did that stupid commercial or the picture he posted where he was in yeah, the tunnel. He exactly. said, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, I mean, Then he no. says the whole time after, oh, I knew I was leaving before the year even started. Um, <laughs> and, and then right before this, oh, Gronk comes back. It's like they can't handle people not talking about him. 
And just so quickly, Gronk is back, Cam. I know you and I were already high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were. Although I was high on him with Jameis Winston. So now you bring in uh, Brady. There's a ton of hype. Now you bring in uh, Gronkowski as well. The number goes from 16 to 1 to 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Big overreaction for a banged up Gronkowski coming back. Excellent point, Gabe. That's the thing. 12 to 1. I'm seeing people with tickets at 60, 66 to 1 before all this stuff happened. Hey, I was wrong. I thought Gronk, you know, would be at Keggers doing his wrestling thing. He's a champion right now. I thought he'd take some time off, you know, party a little bit. And maybe after this season with all the uncertainty in the world, uh, talk to TB and come back. I was wrong. Like, I I didn't know he was going to do it this early. I thought he was going to be focused more on wrestling and other uh, things in his life. He's on The Masked Singer. But hey, you can't have enough. And you said it. These guys just love the media. They love the spotlight. They can't get away from it. And uh, yeah, that story came pretty quick, Gabe, but I'm with you. This feels like a Cleveland Browns scenario that we were talking about. Ooh, the Browns, look at them. They're going to win the division and all this stuff. Tampa Bay's the hype machine right now. And if it goes a little bit too high, I hate to say it, I'm a fan, but also Tom Brady's older, new team, new player to deal with. Gronk, this guy, one hit, he could be done. So Tampa Bay, like people are talking, ooh, 12 to one. That's not a good price for that team. No, it is. I'm curious to see what they do coming out of the draft tonight. Um, offensive line is a problem for them. Yes. But that's one thing that Rob Gronkowski brings to the table uh, for them. Rob yeah. Gronkowski is a very good blocking he, he uh, tight end. He's committed to blocking. He's a good tight end. And that's the whole thing with O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard doesn't really block. A lot of these modern tight ends, the more hybrid wide receiver uh, type. So, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select 14th overall. So let's get right down to business, man, because like everybody, we're on the clock uh, right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock, and uh, hopefully there's no technical glitches uh, for the Bengals. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to see. My kids uh, are on Wi-Fi. Uh-oh, turn off the video games. Kids, we're drafting. I told you to turn off the damn Xbox. <laughs> exactly. It's, I would love to see something like that tonight, but your idea was the best. I gave it. I thought about it more like, this is a great way with the, the chaos in the world for Goodell to change his opinion. You're right. I'd like his family, like, you said, boo, you suck, commissioner. Get on. Like, just have, like, oh, a rising up before. He has to. I, I'll bet you he won't. Yeah, he just <laughs> doesn't. It's not happening. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, I got to believe that somebody brought it up, uh, yeah. maybe, and he's like, ha, ha, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. And then he, like, writes down, fire yeah. this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Trap door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. That's You're a so good right. idea, Bill. That's a good idea, right? Yeah. Uh, no Bill, promotion Bill or pay rates for Bill. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's real funny. You want me to boo myself, huh? It would be funny, though. Yeah. It would lighten the mood. America needs a laugh right now. Excellent point. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, enough, America enough needs is a laugh. Enough. Just say, hi, I'm Roger Goodell with the first pick. Boo! And just have his wife <laughs> boo. You know what I mean? Get I would love to come over. Boo, boo. Everybody will howl and say, oh, Goodell's not that bad of a guy. That's all it takes. Yep. You do one joke, you cut one check in today's uh, society, hey, uh, you're a good guy. So let's get into the numbers right now. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the whole thing, you know, I brought this up, actually, uh, Cam. I laid the same number, 50 to 1, for, uh, for Ionescu to be the, uh, the first pick taken in a WNBA draft. That chick's uh, good, man. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> awesome. 
She's, she's awesome. awesome. And good, you know, it's good for the New York uh, Liberty. Like, she's gonna, they're going to win a championship with this no, girl in a couple she years. She is so. committed. You yeah, she's like Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron in one. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she worked out with Kobe all the time. She was yeah. tight with Kobe, actually. Like, Kobe took her under his wing. Uh, but nevertheless, so I laid 50 to 1. So people are asking me, Marenzi, would you lay the 50 to 1 on Joe Burrow being the number one pick? And the answer is no. The reason I laid the 50 to 1 on the WNBA draft is because there was absolutely positively nothing going on in the world. <laughs> there yes. was nothing. It was a Friday night. There was nothing going on. And it was one of those deals where I was like, I know she's going to be the number one pick. She's a stone cold block. Exactly. Yeah, and I only, I only put 100 bucks on it to yeah. win $2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a Twix bar. <laughs> and I got a Twix bar. <laughs> And not not even uh, yeah not even the, uh, the the big size. No no you got regular yeah the small yeah. one. You didn't you didn't get the four sticks. You got two. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> two sticks. That, I like Twix but too small. No, yeah I agree. It, all packs should be four, not even three. It's four. But anyway, you're right, Gabe. Uh, like Kit Kat should be five, Twix should be three. But that's yeah, another story. You're right. I I, I hate stating. Yes. There yes. was nothing going on. It was a lark. I put a hundred bucks on it. Ha ha. I fell asleep. I didn't even see the draft. I fell asleep. I woke up and I made my $2.12. Okay. But the difference is there's a lot of bets that I want to make here. I've got probably a dozen, if not more, uh, that I'm looking at that I want to pull the trigger on uh, here that we have pulled the trigger on and even more that'll come as you stated. So I don't need to waste a hundred bucks to make two bucks right now. And guys, if you're tuning in right now, I never do that. We're yeah. in the middle of a pandemic and there was nothing going on and I was bored on a Friday night and yeah. I figured, why not make two bucks? I'm going to the store anyways to buy a Coke. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're right. I usually don't bet on horse sprint races that last nine seconds, but hey, we got to do what we got to do in today's times. But Gabe, here's the thing about Burrow, why that's a bad bet. If you got him at 12 to one earlier when this thing was uh, like a millennium ago, great on you. You can actually have use that for parlays. But this, say some team does something crazy. Say they go Bengals, we'll give you a... Three first, this, that, and the, like, say they give them an offer that they can't refuse. It's very, very, very unlikely, but, like. But he would still be the first selected pick overall. Let's say the Dolphins got goofy. That was the one thing that's been yeah. out. Yeah. That the Dolphins are, like, they're, the guy they really like is Joe Burrow. But it's like, well, are you going like to give, give up your five, your 18, and uh, your, uh, what is it, your 26? And I don't even think, I don't even know the Bengals would do it. Like, there, the Bengals have already, like, basically put them on the cover, Cat. Yeah, like, they have. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know, I know. There's no turning back. So it's 50 to 1. It's not worth betting. As I stated, if you're in the middle of a crisis uh, here and there's nothing to bet on on a Friday night, whatever. Knock yourself out. Think about it, guys. Let's say you put $1,000 down on this. You're only getting uh, 20 bucks back. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like, uh, even for a sure thing, I don't want to be in that position. Dinner for two at McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. At McDonald's. <laughs> All right, so, uh, but Joe Burrow will go first overall. But, yeah, you can't bet it at uh, 50 to 1. All right, Chase Young. Um, so, let's do our mock. We'll go back and forth here, Cam. There's yep. not much to talk about here. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yeah, we got that. Same. All right. Exactly the same. Okay, so we should say, too, the bets aren't what teams that they go to. It's what position they get drafted Chase Young, number two. I think the Redskins aren't going to trade the pick. I think the Redskins um, are going to take Chase Young. It's now 16 to 1. Ugh. 16. So you got to lay $16 to win a dollar to get a Coke. 
Exactly. We're going to the convenience no, store. I'll put it, no, so 30, how much is a milkshake at McDonald's? Probably about three bucks, right? Uh, two McFlurries for five if you get the coupons. Yeah. So in other words, you got to bet 39 bucks to get a milkshake. Yes. Yes. It's not worth it. I'd rather put my money elsewhere. No, I, 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 I agree with you, but our first two picks are the same. We both have Burrow. I don't think the Redskins are going to get cute. There could be a trade. That's why it's always dangerous with these bets. If you you can offer these teams crazy packages, but Young seems to be a lock to the Redskins game. I agree. This is where things change for me at number three, but uh, I'm doing some pretty wild things. You are too, too. I looked at your mock. Looks good. All right. Uh, so uh, the the Chargers go uh, the Chargers go third. Um, I'm going to say the Chargers go third. Oh, okay. Oh, after boy. trading up. Whew. After trading up from the sixth spot with the Detroit Lions as the Chargers uh, will be the ones that won't wait on Tua. The Chargers will be the ones to know um, that the Dolphins would probably take him or somebody else would maneuver up and pull the trigger on this deal. I don't think that the, the dealing begins um, with the Redskins. I think it begins with the Lions. The Lions have needs. Uh, the Lions can drop back and get a couple of players. Uh, out of this. And now listen, there's a small outside shot that the Lions take Tua. I don't think it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's always that possibility. So I will be betting. Now, this, this is a bet that we'll make. I will be betting Tua goes in the top three and a half. It's a sprinkle. It's plus 240. It's plus 250. Yeah. So it's a sprinkle. But I think that's going to be the trade that shakes things up. The Chargers are at six. We spoke to Gil uh, Manzano from the Orange County Register uh, yesterday, and there's a lot of clues and a lot of hints that the Chargers, that two is the guy that they actually like. Wisenhunt has worked out with them uh, before in, in quarterback uh, camps. Um, they haven't addressed uh, the uh, the left side of the offensive line. They're almost leaving the, the ends open because the thing is, two is left-handed. Right. So suddenly it, it changes. You need your best guy on, you know, suddenly on the other side than he was before. And Gil was talking on yesterday's program about how they've sort of left the ends open right now. And there's a lot of, from what he's hearing, two is the guy they like. It's not Herbert. You know, I, we could be wrong, right? And listen, I, I'm, I'm just here to throw it out here and have some fun with this. But I think there are going to be trades. Somebody's going to trade up. I've been bigging up. You've been bigging up. We've been bigging up Tua this whole time. Yeah. I'm going to back that up. I do believe that someone's trading up to get Tua, and I think it's going to be the Chargers. The Chargers are going. They're in Los Angeles. They're going into a new stadium. They need to sell tickets. They need to, and not just sell tickets, but sell jerseys and compete. Like, you know, sell tickets. And it might not be fans, but they need to compete in Los Angeles. Tua on a billboard looks a lot better. Uh, than Justin Herbert on a billboard and a new Chargers uniform. Like, yeah. you can sell Tua. And yep. quite frankly, Tua is a hell of a lot better than Justin Herbert is. And I think if anything, I think if anything, if there's that one thing when everybody's surprised in this draft, Herbert might fall. He, he could. I think he's the one that could fall. Now, the Dolphins seem to really want to get a quarterback here. Yeah, so I'm all over the place on this. I think Herbert could go, but I've got the Chargers trading up and taking two with the third pick, Cam, and I'm betting two to go in the top three and a half at plus 240.
I am too, but we're going in a different direction. I cannot discount my dream of him holding up a Lions jersey. And I think <clears throat> Tua will be drafted by the Detroit Lions, but they might trade him and hold another team hostage. Got about talking to scouts, yeah, inside yeah. sources, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to general managers, hacking into computers. Cam had a dream. Yes. Like Martin Luther King. <laughs> he had a dream. And you know what? Maybe your dream comes true, as you stated. You're not a Lion fan, but your dream was that Tua is a Detroit Lion. Actually, next to the Seahawks, like, I have no, like, I like the Lions a lot. Like, that. I, what, I if Tua, what if Tua puts a Lion hat on and they're like, ooh, and then boom, they trade him. That's exactly what could happen. I almost want to bet that. Will the Lions trade him after drafting him? Should be an interesting prop. And they could, Gabe. There's a lot of teams that want him. They, teams might want to put together a super package afterward. Just because he's drafted by them, this could happen with Washington, too. That's why I think it's interesting. The Washington uh, Redskins and Detroit Lions would love to hold a team hostage with Tua drafting him and see where the chips uh, fall. But I love your pick, what you're doing with the Chargers. I have things a little bit later. But Tua to the Lions at three. I agree with you on the sprinkle bet at plus 250 to a under three and a half. He goes to Detroit. I don't know if he gets traded after that, but he will be drafted by the Lions. That's my crazy prediction. Came in you a know, dream. You know, part of me, part of me has Herbert going to the Dolphins after the fact. I can see them liking Herbert. I, uh, from what I understand, they do uh, like him. Um, but with that being stated, I can also see him falling a little bit, but Herbert's an interesting guy. I mean, he, he really is an NFL talent. I just think he's being bigged up a little bit uh, too much uh, right now coming into the, to this draft right now. But it doesn't mean that the Miami Dolphins <clears throat> won't pull the trigger on him. All right, uh, so you've got the Lions going with Tua at three. We're thinking outside the box. <laughs> we are uh, here. Although now we're going to get right inside the box with the, uh, the New York football Giants. And... Word on the street is, and Gettleman always thinks outside the box. And one thing with Gettleman, he's a, he is a good evaluator of talent. You don't want him doing contracts and, and trades and stuff. But if you look at his track record, he's pretty good at identifying players. Um, you know, I think the Giants really do want to move down. I, I think agree. they do want to move down. But I think they're going to miss out on that because I think the Lions, it's more attractive at three. You can control things at three. You know what I mean? Four, you're starting to lose control of things a little bit because everybody in the league knows, okay, Joe Burrow won, Chase Young two. Boom, we've got to get to Detroit. That's like the thing I'm looking at. I think Detroit's phone's going to ring more than the Giants' phone uh, is going to ring. But, you know, it's all, it's all hypothetical. But with that being stated, I think the Giants do stay in the land of predictability and they end up going with Tristan Wirfs. I'm not getting off of this, Cam. I don't want to outthink myself. I'm sticking to my guns with Wirfs with uh, the under eight and a half, but I think the Giants go with Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. We have the exact same pick. I was thinking, it's funny, a lot of these new mocks have them flipping spots. They have uh, Wills instead of Wirfs, but me and you have said Wirfs to the Giants since the get-go. I'm with you. We're going to do some different things, but it doesn't change there. They need to solidify that line. Keep Danny Dimes, your boy Gabe, uh, upright. He can't be... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's cut the small talk right here on SB Nation Radio. I am Gabriel Marenzo with Morgan Down the Ranger Redhead Camp Store, and we're on the freaking clock right now as the National Football League draft is rapidly approaching. Uh, me and Cam are running through our top 10 picks, and we'll run through our top 10 bets, if not more uh, than uh, 10 bets uh, when it's all said and done. We're going to go rapid fire. And don't forget, we've got uh, Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network, is going to join us. Uh, we've got Mark Lawrence. Try to get some different opinions. Doesn't mean the uh, views and opinions of our guests represent me or Cam's. It doesn't mean my opinion represents Cam's. Uh, but, Cam, we both agree, I think, um, just to recap, uh, Tristan Wirfs, under eight and a half. Tristan Wirfs goes to the New York Giants, fourth overall. We keep it predictable inside the box with Dave Gettleman this time. No, I agree with you. Uh, a lot of people are talking Wills, Gabe. Like, uh, a lot of the latest updated ones they have Wills and Wirf switching. I disagree. I'm not with buying that. it. No, I'm not buying it either. We're sticking pat since we've been doing the NFL draft breakdowns. We both love Wirfs to the Giants at four. I'm staying pat. But my next move, Gabe, is a little bit of a tricky one. Uh, you know what? <laughs> this next move, I'm on the clock. And uh, so if you're just joining us uh, right now, um, I've got the Chargers trading up for Tua which I might be the only one in the world that's trading up for Tua since Tua sucks and he's brittle. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you, you didn't hear, Tua's in a wheelchair now, Ken. He's like uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, he's got yeah. like a voice box. Um, yeah, he can't, defer, can't do anything. I'll defer to Nick Saban. When you pass up on this kid, you will regret it. Put that in there. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, people. Tua's going to be I, amazing. You and I are going to look good in this anyways because either he goes high like you and I think or he doesn't. And he turns out to be a star. And you and I can say for years, we told you so. Yeah. So either way, we're going to look good. But I'd rather win the money and look good. I agree. <laughs> like Krusty the Clown said. <laughs> Krusty uh, lost his show. Uh, Bart, uh, Bart told him, uh, don't worry about it, Krusty. You're still famous. He said, ah, what good is fame if you don't have the moolah to back it up? Exactly. Because I drank a Coke on a bus the other day and they took my pass away. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so... I'm going to shake it up now that we're on the clock here. While everybody is saying that Tua tanks, I say that Herbert is the one. I say that Herbert is the one that surprisingly is the one that is sitting there on TV waiting to be drafted. And the Dolphins shock everybody and don't take a quarterback there, Cam. Yeah, I like where you're going, Gabe. And we're at pick number five, which is Miami. I have a trade. 
First, oh. I have two. Uh, this goes by mock draft, like right out the window. It's like the real world, though. It's like, oh boy, we're on the clock. Don't worry about it. We agree on one thing, and we'll Justin Herbert's not later. a franchise cornerback to save your team for the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to tell you that the Chargers flip spots with Miami. They get a second rounder in this draft. Oh. First, oh, I sent you the email. First and a fourth next year for one pick, and they take Herbert. West Coast kids staying on the West Coast. That's three quarterbacks in the top five. And that's what I have. They just flip spots. Chargers take over Miami spot. Miami gets stockpiled picks, goes one down, and uh, that's, that's what I have. That's one of the things that people talk about drafts that piss me off the most, actually. <laughs> one of my biggest, one of my biggest peeves about players in a draft is when people talk about the regional aspect of it. Yeah, you're right. But of which you know. no, no, hear me out that when people yeah. talk like about, well, you know, oh, he's a West Coast, so he played in the West Coast. All right, like, um, you know who didn't grow up in the snow and is one of the best cold-weather quarterbacks ever? Brett Favre. I agree. Brett Favre Southern grew up in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yep. All right? Yep. He grew up in, in the woods of Mississippi. Good call. Brett Favre didn't grow up in the, the frigid Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers. Although Aaron Rodgers always loses in the playoffs in the cold. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, he does. My point is, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, some people think he's better than Brady and the greatest quarterback and all this type of stuff. Well, the dude's from California, bro. And he doesn't exactly live in Green Bay in the offseason. He's like a Cali guy. He goes back to California. Yep. He's a California dude. Ooh, Josh Allen, perfect fit for Buffalo, played at Wyoming. Josh Allen's from the same town Aaron Rodgers is from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, let me think of another guy. Let me think of another guy that... You know, won a hell of a lot of games in the snow, Cam. Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady. The Raiders game in the snow. Yeah, even Tom though Brady's from dropped. San Mateo. Correct. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. California. Tom Brady never saw snow before. He went to Michigan. He played at Michigan. And then after, cold-weather quarterback. So all this stuff about, well, and I get there's something to it. Because I remember Jim Kelly me being a Buffalo Bill fan, I remember Jim Kelly complained about this. You're damn right he Because if you remember, like, J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards, Rob Johnson, you go down the list of all these quarterbacks that the Buffalo Bills had, and he said nothing against these guys, but he said, when you're the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, you need to be a bigger guy that can throw the ball through the, the, the rigid winds of the stadium. Yeah, crazy. And listen, weather has changed a little bit with weather patterns we see in a crazy world that we're in. But but my point is, he was sort of on to something, but it's not where you're from. It's you need a strong arm. Yes, you Josh do. Allen can thrive in Buffalo because he's got a strong arm. doesn't matter if he's from California, Florida. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter where you're from, Cam, per se. This is my opinion. I just, I just, I, you know, there's a couple of things in sports that get me. That's one of them. The other one is the comparison in basketball all the time to like LeBron um, and Jordan. I hate that stuff. Well, that stuff, but no, like a uh, a white guy is always got to be compared to another white guy. Yeah, his game can be like a million brothers, but it's always going to compare to to another white guy. But listen, it, it's unpredictable. It's, to me, it's one of the more unpredictable drafts, especially when it comes to the quarterback uh, position. But I'm not so sure the Dolphins are as crazy about Justin Herbert as uh, as people think. Oh, I understand. It's, I, it's, it's tricky. I don't have a strong bet on or against Justin Herbert, though. And this is what, what this show's about, is giving you the bet. I don't have a strong bet one way or the other on Herbert. 
I just wouldn't be surprised if Herbert's the one that falls. And I'm inclined to sprinkle on Herbert over five and a half a little bit to put my money where my mouth is that he does fall. Yeah, it's interesting, Gabe. I, I don't have like a big trade there. It's almost the team's back to back. And I agree with you. I don't think the Dolphins are going to get their quarterback early. I think they're going to try to make a trade for Love, Eason, maybe find somebody down the line there. I could we'll see, see that as well. Exactly. I, 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 I could see that happen. That's so what I'm I, saying. Like the Dolphins could take Jordan Love with the 26 pick. Yes. So that's why, but the Chargers to me, I think after I have Tua, remember things can change, but I have Tua being drafted by Detroit at three. We have Wurfs at four. I have the Chargers moving into Miami spot. They take Herbert and the Dolphins get to, to stockpile some picks and get their quarterback later. So Herbert to the Dolphins at five. Herbert to the Dolphins at five, says Cam. So you're going under. Are you going to bet it? Or this is just sort of your no, you're not. That's my the thing. This is my fun. I actually have a weird thing, too. I think Atlanta's going to do something absolutely thing, insane to get a quarterback. The thing is, Miami have quarterbacks. Do they? they have, yes. <laughs> they do. They but can they Patrick under contract. He's whatever. Yeah. Who All else? Right. They got Rosen. Yeah. Josh Rosen. Yeah. He hasn't done They threw him yeah, in there. And, and then they got my boy Jake Rudock. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is Justin Herbert better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? No. He, not now, but he will be, I think. I don't think he will be. You think Ryan Fitzpatrick will have a better NFL career than Justin Herbert? Yes. That's a, that's a bold statement. Okay. I'll, I, I'll, 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 I'll hold you to that one. Well, I'm not, we're right I'm not, I'm not we're here right. to sit on a fence here, Cam. <laughs> no, we were right. Uh, hey, there's we barbed the, wire in my neighborhood. I don't oh, sit on fences. Exactly. I, cut my ass if I, did. <laughs> I told Puccio, we, we were all over Lamar Jackson in that draft last year, too, but I'm saying. I think the I think the Chargers. Yes, they, 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 yeah. I'll put my money where my mouth is on this, and it's bold because yeah, no one's bashed Fitzpatrick more than I have. Yep. Um, um, oh, you know, in uh, over the years, especially me being a Buffalo Bill fan. But yep. I'll tell you right now, yes, I do not believe, and in fact, I'll bet you if you want, we'll bet. This will be like our uh, our Pittsburgh Pirates Toronto Maple Leaf bet. Who wins the championship first? Uh, so so we'll have to wait <laughs> ten years for a payoff. Got another. Yeah, and in fact, I'll guarantee it. I'll tell you right now, Justin what, Herbert. Justin Herbert is not throwing 210 touchdown passes in his career. Justin Herbert will not throw for 32,000 yards in his career. He'll throw less interceptions. He'll have a better completion percentage. Justin Herbert won't last one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen years in the uh, National Football League. That's what we got to give Fitzy in that. He's got longevity. I'll give him yeah, that. So, and, <laughs> and I bet you, like, uh, Fitz is going to make more money at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, for that many years, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me think about uh, uh, See, uh, now you're losing this case. Yeah. If you're on the jury, you're like, oh, maybe this, this bald lawyer's right. Yeah. You bring up some good dad data to the table. I wasn't sure I was going to convict. Where's uh, Puccio? Puccio normally <laughs> chirps in. So where you at, Puccio? Brian Fitzpatrick, you know, Justin Herbert will not have them as successful of a career as Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I don't even like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He'll throw more interceptions because he's been in the league longer. The touchdowns, how many touchdowns has Fitzpatrick got? A lot. 210. A lot. He's thrown 161 interceptions. (laughs) Puccio says Fitz is dead to him. That's the thing. When you're Fitzpatrick, you've been on every damn team in the league. So, like, fans in every city hate you. Exactly. But, you know, one thing, too, like, Fitz, (laughs) the thing, the the, the strength with Fitzpatrick is the weakness with Fitzpatrick is he just doesn't care. That's right. He literally does not care. Like, he's, 
he's not phased by throwing an interception or a touchdown, but it, it seems like to not bother him enough. And there's just too many turnovers. Listen, I, I'm not discounting the turnovers here. Um, Fitz has also Fitz has also rushed for 19 career touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know, Herbert, 19 touchdowns. That'll be. I think he can get more. Anyway, hey, who knows? Like, yeah, we'll talk about this. I got to think about this one, but I'm willing to put some money on the table. But Fitz's longevity makes it a bad bet for me because he does well in categories just because he's still lingering. Fitz's like starting bad. record though in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win, winning percentage and in interceptions. I think uh, Herbert's a lock for, but we'll, he's we'll 55, see. 83, and one. Ooh, yeah, that's about right. That sounds like good old Fitz. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, so, <laughs> uh, so I've got the Detroit Lions, and I don't even know what the hell the Dolphins are going to do. Like, I, I, you know what? i got to shake things up. Um, I'm doing, yep. I'm going to say the Dolphins take uh, Derek Brown. Oh, I like that pick. I, I, I have him going a little bit later, but I think he's definitely a top 10 pick, Gabe. So, yeah, no, I have no problem with that. You, you, need, you need to build on the lines. The Dolphins, they have a lot of problems everywhere, so... Why don't you get a T DT that can uh, hurt people? I agree 100%. No, Good. I'm not. You know, so as far as Brown's Brown's prop is seven and a half right now. It'll be tight. I'm, we're just sort of, you know, giving our mocks. You know, we'll, we'll get in in the next thing. We'll get into um, me and Cam a little bit later on. We'll get into our best bets. I don't know if I'm saying Derek Brown is a best bet at under seven and a half, but it wouldn't shock me if he went six. I agree with that. Uh, and like I said, because I've got I've got the Chargers moving up. So the Detroit Lions um, would have been the one to take Derrick Brown, but the Dolphins could take him as well. I don't have a, a real strong best bet uh, on that. The Isaiah Simmons to the Panthers, you were on this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That seems to make a lot of sense right there. We both have that, do we not? Yeah. You know, Isaiah Simmons to the Panthers – Makes a lot of sense. So who's your six pick then? Because I have Herbert at five. Who do you have going at six? I have going at six. They reverse. I have Akuda dropping from three that people projected with Detroit all the way to six with Miami after their trade with the Chargers. The problem is, they pick Cam, up Akuda. my entire draft is thrown out of loop because I just did a last second trade. <laughs> or I threw a loop. Yeah, I, I got two trades. <laughs> That's the thing, man. Like, what's going to happen? Like, eh, this is the problem betting the draft. One guy who does something crazy, you've seen dominoes. We could be sitting there going, yay, great for us, or uh-oh, we're screwed. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. But, yeah, it, it's very, very difficult, man. Like, Well, the thing is, what about is Wills, is Wills going, or is it going to be Andrew Thomas? Is Andrew Thomas climbing the board right now? They, he is climbing the board, but I'm not buying it. it like like Worf's staying with the Giants, I have Thomas, but I have him going. All right, so how about this? How about this, Cam? Like, we're all about boldness here. We're all about boldness. Here's a pick and a player that I think is going to go a lot higher than what the number is for him. And we've talked a bit about this kid, the uh, Chison kid oh, out yeah. of LSU. Great character, too. Special Pass rusher. Can, you know, Good kid. Fast as hell. You know, like flies to the ball. You know, good kid. Um, hasn't played a lot of football in his life either. That's the key with this kid. We talked about him. Remember I said he showed up in a camp. And he wasn't even there. He's just he went with his buddy. And That's he said, I want to you know, get on the field. That's a good uh, thing. Trainable. He'll listen. Exactly. Well, the thing is, it means there's a ton of upside. 
-hmm. right? Some of these kids have already been coached up so much that they've already reached their peak. This kid hasn't reached his peak yet. You know what I mean? So I, you know, I think a team and a team that even though they're, it's always a circus and they have a hard time getting along with their players once they have their players, but they're pretty good at finding these psycho diamond in the rough defensive guys. Uh, like look at uh, Josh Allen and not like, uh, not the Bills Josh Allen, uh, you know, the other Josh Allen, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, we've had a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of talk about the Jags and really wondering about this team. Cause you know, I got Simmons going to, to, to the Panthers. I think Wills is drafted. I think Wills goes to the Cardinals at eight. So do I, we have the same seven, eight combo. Yeah. Um, Shy son. Good. Wow. Nine, Nine to the pan, to the and Jags. He's at 16 and a half. So I'm going seven picks under what the, the mainstream is saying here. Yes, sir. That's my first Scotty Farrell. Let's shake it up. We're shaking it up. We're shaking it up there at the Jags. And don't forget, the Jags also have the uh the 20th pick uh in the draft. So where do you have Okuda going? I have Okuda falling out of the top 10. I have them ending up, and I don't like this because the team pisses me off with all the talent that they have, the Cleveland Browns. He falls right into their hands at 10. And that's interesting. A local guy, local stud DB guy, falls right into their hands. That's an interesting pick. So we're the same. We have Simmons at 7 to Carolina. We both have Wills at 8 to Arizona. I have Derek Brown to Jacksonville at 9. And I have the Thomas and Thomas connection in Cleveland. Joe Thomas, one of their best. And I have Thomas, a lot of guys bigging them up to Cleveland. Yeah, I want to get into I want to get into the Andrew Thomas prop a little bit and get the the updated numbers. Uh, We're all on the clock right now as far as the National Football League draft is concerned. Tony Pauline will step up and in. We'll get a uh, another perspective um, on all these players besides me and Cam. Then me and Cam will come back. We'll lay down our best bets. Uh, for the, uh, the National Football League draft, Mark Lawrence. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking? and want to know how to make it your career. Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
Game Time Decisions continues. Get on the grid. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gable Morenci. All right, uh, the countdown of the draft is on. We uh, promise Tony Pauline, ProFootballNetwork.com. Let's talk about the National Football League draft. Tony, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. How you doing? I'm okay. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, so do you agree or disagree with this? You've been breaking down and covering drafts uh, for a long time. Um, this is a tricky draft to predict, uh, especially when, you know, it's so top-heavy, this draft. And to me, there's not a lot of difference between the caliber of football players, right? There's just, it's hard to predict. Teams can go in a lot of different directions. In past years, it was sort of predictable. This guy, by far, is the best player at this position. This year, when you look uh, and, and you hear the debates, yeah, a lot of people like Wirfs. Uh, a lot of people think Wills is going to be the first overall pick, according to the sports books. It's going back and forth. Who's going to be the first wide receiver taken? C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. There's a big debate uh, going on there. There's a, a lot of debates. It's a very deep wide receiver class. It's a fun draft. It's a tricky draft, though, in my opinion, Tony. Well, I, I think uh, there are two outside uh, elements that kind of play into that. I, I think the the top 15 players are kind of set. Where they go, we don't know. Obviously, Tua's injury is a big factor. You know, is Tua's injury going to scare away the Miami Dolphins? <coughs> Excuse me. We've heard for two years now that the Miami Dolphins were going to tank for Tua. They're very likely to be looking at Tua with the fifth pick of the draft, but because of the injury, they may be scared away. And that is because of the whole coronavirus situation, which... Teams were not able to get last-minute exams in on Tua. And, you know, just the whole setup of the war rooms where you've got general managers that are creatures of habit and are used to having 30, 40 people around them, having their the coaching staff there, having their uh, director of uh, personnel, uh, player personnel there, director of scouting there, uh, and their left and right-hand side to feed them information. It's not going to be like that uh, during the three, round, uh, three days of the draft, seven rounds of the draft. So it could lead to some surprises. All right, so I'm looking at your mock draft, Tony, uh, Tony Pauline's final 2020 NFL mock uh, draft, uh, profootballnetwork.com. And there's no surprises at the top here. All right, Joe Burrow, uh, number one. Chase Young, number two. Jeff Okuda, uh, number three. Now, I personally think the Lions are going to trade the pick, and that's where craziness uh, will happen. Uh, but, you know, Jeff Okuda, okay. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, number four. I love that pick uh, going to the New York Giants. Boom, here's where you're thinking outside the box. You've got Andrew Thomas as the second um, offensive lineman taken in this draft. A lot of people have him uh, going, you know, 14, maybe to Tampa Bay, or maybe maybe to Cleveland at 10. You like Andrew Thomas a little higher than everybody else. A couple things. You know, in order for Detroit to trade down, someone is going to really want to have to trade up. So what are they going to trade up for? I, I mean... The, the, the uh, quarterbacks, whether it be Tua or whether it be Justin Herbert, have kind of been, you know, marked down a little bit. Tua because of the injury, Justin Herbert because of the fact that, well, he's a physical specimen. He doesn't always play up to his level of ability. So I think his- Tua, in my personal opinion, Tony, I think Tua is is more well liked uh, by general managers than they're letting on. I, I that's that's where I think the deal happens. I think someone's going to jump up for Tua. I know you think well, you know, we're going to get to Tua where you think he's going to go a little bit later on. But I don't think that he lasts. It only takes one, dude, as you know, right? It takes one well, general, general manager like him. General managers could love to it, but if the medical staffs of the teams are saying, you know, you got to be careful. He's not in a wheelchair. He's had it's hip not injuries, like the guys. He's had ankle injuries. He's had knee injuries. 
and the owners there, you know, are you going to draft that a guy like that with the third pick and pay him the millions upon millions of dollars? Listen, Tua is my number one rated quarterback in the draft. I think he's the best passer in the draft. He's got a better overall body of work than Joe Burrow. But the fact of the matter is you can't help a team if you're on the sidelines mending injuries. I do agree that there's going to be some point in time where the reward is going to outweigh the risk of Tua, but you got to look at the situation. The guy's had a lot of injuries. He's had some major injuries. And while he was medically checked and examined at the combine, he wasn't. there was no combine recheck, which a lot of teams rely on to get updates on the guys. There was no top 30 visits. So, I mean, it remains to be seen, but everyone I've spoken to inside the league or in the league tell me that they think two is going to slip. Uh, as far as Andrews Thomas is concerned, you know, it depends on who you speak with. I reported the combine that a lot of teams had Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs as their number one and number two tackles. Andrew Thomas is the best pure left tackle in this year's draft, and left tackles are always a priority on draft day. Uh, he's a guy who may be able to play the right side, but you can't play him at the left side. Tristan Wirfs is a question mark at left tackle. Jed, Jedrick Wills can't play left tackle. Uh, neither can Mickey Becton, uh, in the NFL anyway. So there's always a high priority on Andrew Thomas, which is why I grade him so highly. You know, it's interesting. I like I like Thomas a lot, too. And I think he's going to go higher uh, than, than what the odds makers uh, think. So I'll put it this way, uh, Tony. And I am like Pete Rose. I am a betting man uh, um, here in New Jersey at FanDuel. Uh, so you're liking, uh, there's a prop out there. Will Tua be in the top three and a half, over under three and a half picks? So you're saying hell no. <laughs> you're saying I, I just don't see. I don't see any team trading up for him. I, I mean, the, the great quarterback, fragile body, and you don't know. And listen, look at the history of Alabama players. They're a team that plays 15 games a year. They're a team that is physically tested on the college level, and we've seen time and time again, name after name, where guys come into the league and they're just they, they get the crud beat out of them. And they never are able to uh, meet, live up to expectations in the NFL because their bodies are so beaten by the uh, beaten up by the time they get to the NFL. You know, I think that's a great point that you're raising. You know, that that was a that was something, a premonition that I had about Leonard Fournette. Actually, Leonard Fournette was kind of beat up, and you know, it's a good point that you raised, Tony. The SEC is such a physical well, a physical conference; it's like NFL light, so to speak. And as you stated, Alabama are playing a lot of football games. Uh, as well. Also, I think Alabama, um, some players from LSU in the past, they go through that grind of playing for Saban for a bunch of years. It's almost like that was like a boot camp, like prison to them. And, you know, Leonard Fournette said, oh, the NFL is easy compared to LSU. This is easy. It's like, well, you're not exactly killing the NFL, bro. Right. But you think it's easy, just comparable and they sort of take the pedal off the metal. I, 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 can, I can see that take uh, a little bit. But I do disagree with Tua. I like him. And I thought it was interesting. Saban said it's very similar to Drew Brees when people were worried about Drew Brees' uh, injuries. But let's keep it rolling here. Chargers. You know, so the Chargers, this is their guy, Justin Herbert. You believe it? I think so. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. I've got my concerns about Justin Herbert's personality. I think he's only going to be good in a number of cities. I question whether he would be good in, in uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Chargers. But people pointed out, you know what? The Chargers don't have a huge fan base. It's not really Los Angeles. It's Orange County. And Herbert will be able to stay on the West Coast. So everything checks off. You can make the argument 
that Justin Herbert is the best and most complete physical package at the quarterback position in this year's draft. When you look at his size, his arm strength, his athleticism, his poise, uh, his ability to make plays in or out of the pocket with his feet or his legs, the problem with Justin Herbert is really since his sophomore season, he's failed to live up to expectations. He's a high, he was a highly rated quarterback. He doesn't show the ability to carry his offense on his shoulders, which you expect a quarterback like Justin Herbert to do on the college level. He was the type of guy that needed all the pieces around him on the college level to work in order for Oregon to win games, whether it be the running game, defense, special teams. And again, that happens on Sunday. But when a guy is so, so much more physically gifted than everybody else on the college level, he should be able to do that. He's never been able to move the change or move the team in a big spot. You look at that Auburn game at the start of the 2019 season. They needed one or two more first downs to seal the game. Couldn't get it done. Auburn came back, won the game. So while you can't question the physical skills of uh, Justin Herbert like you can't with Tua Tagliavoa, I, I think with Justin Herbert, it's a question of is he the type of leader, is he the type of person you want leading your team under center on a week-in, week-out basis in the NFL? Uh, Tony Pauline, ProFootballNetwork.com uh, uh, with us. This next pick we do agree with as far as Isaiah Simmons is concerned. Seems like a good fit with Matt Rule, doesn't it? Matt Rule, defensive guy. You can get a versatile defender such as Simmons. What's your take? Um, some people rave. I've read some people, some scouts say that, you know, Simmons is the complete perfect package and he should be going higher than he is. And then others are like, well, he's a jack of all trades, yet what's he going to excel at in the National Football League? Where do you stand on him? Heavily with the latter. I think he's got great upside potential. He obviously is a sensational athlete. Uh, but I don't think he's a plug-and-play type of defender. I don't think you can just put him in any system. I think it's a situation where you're going to need a creative defensive coordinator that is going to basically build a system around him and move him around and let him do what he does so well. <clears throat> you know, you're in New Jersey. I'm in New York. I think a defensive coordinator like Greg Williams would work miracles yeah. with a guy like Isaiah Simmons because I uh, because he's able to plug and play players, or I should say play, build the system around his players to get the maximum out of them. But I, isn't, isn't this the way the league going, Tony? Sorry to jump in here, but I was going to throw it to you here. Sort of the, these hybrid players? Because what, he's about 240 pounds, right? He's not that definition, 238, 240, whatever, you know, maybe 245. Not the definition of that stocky linebacker type, but aren't we getting into more of a hybrid league right now on both sides of the football? Well, two things. Number one, he weighed into the combine at 238 pounds. That doesn't mean that's his playing weight, because as we saw with guys like Zach Braun, what these guys were doing was they were pumping up on water to get to yeah, be yeah. heavier when they got on the scale. And so, you lose I weight as you're playing through the season, right? I, yeah, I, exactly. I think his, his playing weight is probably more in the 220s. Now, the fact is this is, you know, I don't know if you want to say hybrid players or smaller linebackers who can run to the ball quickly, the Devin Whites of the world, those types of players that are early selections. I've got no problem with his uh, his athleticism. I think it's and, – and it's he's very explosive. But those guys, Devin Whites and the kid from Georgia that the Chicago Bears took so early about four years ago, those guys were terrific linebackers with great instincts. I, I, when you watch Isaiah Simmons, and I've watched him for three years. I was a big fan of his when he was a redshirt freshman and played safety. Makes a lot of plays based with his sheer athleticism, athleticism and is able to beat, play, beat uh, players on the college level because of that. The instincts are kind of questionable, which concern me. All right, so, you know, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and it's great talking football uh, with you. 
Um, there's always going to be a player. I think Shysad's going to go a little higher than the odds makers have him. They've got him at 16 and a half. So there's a number 13 and a half for Kinlaw right now. And you've got him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. An interesting team, the Jags. They need a lot of help. Um, they've got a lot of picks. They can address some needs. Obviously, they've got a lot of defensive needs. You've got Kinlaw going a little bit higher than some people do. And there's a lot of betters listening to the program. So tell us why you like this kid uh, going under 13 and a half. Well, I don't like him. I mean, if you read my uh, my, my intro to the uh, mock draft, I said that's this the is thing what with drafts, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you like the pick, uh, but exactly, you're picking and, what you think is going to happen. And what I wrote about Kinlaw is, and I've been reporting this for the past week at Pro Football Network, is there are a lot of teams that are basically uh, not, uh, knocking Kinlaw down their draft board. There are concerns about him. My understanding is. The, one of those teams is not the Jacksonville Jaguars. They really like Kinlaw a lot. He fits a need, and that's why I have Kinlaw going number nine to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, primarily because the franchise themselves likes him, and he also fits the need. I, you know, it, it's, it is in the realm of possibility that the Jaguars kind of mix things up, take C.J. Henderson at nine, and then hope that uh, Javon Kinlaw falls to them at, at number 20. I think that's a possibility as well. Yeah, see, that's the thing. The Jags, everyone's talking about the Jags at nine, but they also have the 20th pick, so they can address a couple of needs uh, here. All right, in our remaining moments here, let's talk about these wide receivers a little bit. It's been going back and forth, according to the odds makers, about which receiver was going to go first. You know, Jerry Judy was the front runner before, and uh, me and Cam Stewart thought that there was some value on C.D. Lamb being the first guy to get taken. Now C.D. Lamb's the favorite to get taken first, and... I don't know, man. It's like pick your poison Russian roulette uh, with this. But I find it interesting. Do you think that this many general managers will be able to resist pulling the trigger on these wide receivers until San Francisco at 13? Yeah, I do. Because when you look at the receiver class, it's incredibly deep. But none of the receivers at the top, whether it be CeeDee Lamb, whether it be Jerry Judy, whether it be Henry Ruggs, are outstanding, can't-miss prospects. I, I mean, they're very good, but they're not, as far as I'm concerned, top 10 guys. Why are you going to draft a Jerry Judy in the top 10 when you can get a Brandon Ayuk or KJ Hamler or Jalen Rager at the top of round two? And there's really not a huge difference between those two types of receivers. I've said it all along about this receiver class. It's quantity over quality. The guys at the top are good, but they're not great. It yeah. really gets very good late first round through the third, fourth round of the draft at the receiver position. All right, so let's talk about um, let's talk about the uh, the running backs. There's a lot of debate. Will there be a running back taken in the first round? And I kept scrolling and keep scrolling down the page, Tony. And there there you have him. There's DeAndre Swift, number 32 at the back end. And running backs are sort of a luxury item, right? To take a running back this high, but when you're the Super Bowl champion, you can afford a luxury item like this. So you think he squeezes in the front door in the first round here? Yeah, when you're the Super Bowl champions, you need a running back. You need consistency at running back, and it's a perfect fit. DeAndre, I have a solid first-round grade on DeAndre Swift. Whether DeAndre Swift ends up in the first round, as you basically alluded to, is probably about 50-50. He's a terrific player. I, I don't know that – I think that you've got to get past the fact, well, we can get running backs later on. When you get a guy like DeAndre Swift, who runs hard on the inside, has got the speed and agility to turn the perimeter, terrific pass catcher out of the backfield. He adds a lot to it through the offense. And I think Kansas City, not the, not only the fact that they need a running back, but you got a coach there like Andy Reid, who's done a tremendous job 
just developing offensive players, quarterbacks, receivers. I think a guy like DeAndre Swift would be Andy Reid's dream. Uh, and it's a perfect fit as far as best player available, fits a need, and the coaching system. Because remember, you know, a lot of people look at the draft as the ending. The draft is just the beginning. You select these guys. It's names on a piece of paper. It's up to the coaching staff to develop them and really turn them into good NFL uh, players. All right, so we got about 10, 15 seconds here. J.K. Dobbins, over 2,000 yards rushing in the Big Ten. Um, is, is, is he underrated or overrated coming into this uh, right now? The, the books have him at 44 and a half. What's your take quickly on Dobbins? I have him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second round. I believe that's pick 45 or 46, so I don't know what it is. I think he's going to be a great pro. He's the most complete back as far as a runner, pass catcher, as well as a blocker. And that type of guy is going to see a lot of playing time at the next level. All right, Dobbins. I think Pittsburgh's coming in at 49, so it would be a little bit over. I like Dobbins as well. It's interesting. People aren't on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevitz, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.